This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Brought to you by Quip. The Quip electric toothbrush is designed to make good habits simple with a sleek design, timed vibrations, and new brush head delivered every three months to keep your brush fresh. Set start at $25. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash techcrunch. Chicago's M1 Finance, a consumer-focused fintech platform, reaches $1 billion under management. By Alex Wilhelm. Eagle-eyed readers will recall we mentioned M1 Finance earlier today in our look at a few trends in the fintech industry. We're back with the firm this afternoon as it has a bit of news that's worth discussing. Chicago-based M1 Finance announced today that it has reached the $1 billion Assets Under Management Mark, or AUM. Reaching AUM thresholds provides useful milestones that we can use to track the progress of various players in the fintech and finservices worlds. M1 is an interesting company, bringing together a number of products to form a single platform. Its hybrid nature makes comparing its AUM to other companies' histories a bit dicey. Still, for reference, Wealthfront, a robo-advisor, announced that it started in 2013 with AUM of $100 million and closed that year with $538 million. By mid-2014, Wealthfront had $1 billion AUM. Today, it has over $20 billion. So, the numbers matter, and reaching thresholds can help us understand where a company is in its maturity cycle. Let's talk about M1 Finance's AUM growth, its revenue growth, and its product model. It's a neat company with a history of efficient growth. We'll start with product, as how the company approaches its feature set helps explain how the service is priced, which in turn helps us grok the company's growth. M1 is not a robo-advisor or a simple neobank or a lending product. It's all three at once, providing effectively the digital equivalent of a full-service bank, admittedly in the form of an online experience instead of a brick-and-mortar outlet. M1 users can open investment accounts, checking accounts, get a debit card, and borrow money against their investment portfolios. It's a cohesive feature set. And it's one that lets M1 price its products lower as a group than it could individually. During a call with M1 CEO Brian Barnes about the company's AUM milestone, the executive connected the company's long-term vision to its ability to price aggressively. All fintechs are expanding their platforms, it's worth noting, meaning that in time, nearly every fintech player will offer an array of services. Wealthfront, famous for its work in robo-advising, now also offers savings and borrowing capabilities. Barnes said that M1 has long wanted to, quote, manage the bulk of its users' financial assets, not create a sort of low-friction acquisition hook to bring in smaller dollar accounts. This, in turn, means that M1 can have higher per-user sums on its books, which, it appears, help the company reduce prices on a per-product basis. 
Here's Barnes connecting per-account totals to pricing. Managing more of someone's financial assets and financial life is going to be more economical. What it allows us to do is maintain lower margins per product, but have enough margin on the entire financial relationship that we can build a very sustainable, durable, long-lasting business. That's neat. And folks with lots of money expect low fees, especially in the Robin Hood era, so the setup probably helps with attracting users. Revenue Summing so far, M1 runs a broad set of financial products, attracting more dollars per user than other companies, perhaps, which lets it charge, in its view, lower prices. How low? Barnes told TechCrunch that his company is, quote, building its business model to make 1% of assets we manage into top line. So every billion bucks on the platform will be $10 million in recurring revenue. And it's a relatively linear relationship. The CEO later extended the point, saying that when his firm has $10 billion in AUM, it will generate $100 million. This means that as M1 scales, we'll be able to know with reasonable confidence how much revenue it's driving. The company charges in the manner you'd expect, with incomes from loaning money, interchange, and an SAAS product called M1 Plus that lowers some fees and provides interest on checking accounts, costing $125 yearly. Now that M1 is big enough to matter, it has to double and then double again. We'll know how well that's going based on how quickly the company reaches the $2 billion mark. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.